This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Okay, so um, it's a tremendous, really tremendous privilege for us to have with us Rabbi Lapiansky, Rosh Hashiva Greater Washington. Um, in addition to being Rosh Hashiva there, he's also uh, very much a sought-out Hosek uh, leader, Chabbis Farim, and someone who has had a tremendous impact already on, on many, many different sections of <coughs> Israel. Uh, many years ago, the, well before my time here, Rabbi Lopiensi was one of the Rebbeim here, and Baruch uh, Hashem, it's uh, very special to have Rabbi Lopiensi back with us. Um, thanks so much for giving the time to come to Asia Torah, meet the Talmudim, and uh, and the Baruch Hashem, we have alumni, uh, Ezra Epstein, and other people over the years who had the, have the privilege to, to, to learn by the Rosh Hashiva. And um, Baruch Hashem, a tremendous Hatzlacha there. And uh, we look forward very much to, to continuing to send, send guys to the Yeshiva and, 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 and to, to Barcelona under the Rosh Hashiva. Um, we'll get the plan, we're going to have a Q&A with Robert Plyansky. Um, for around 45 minutes or so, and uh, it's completely open, open to questions of all areas of Torah, Halakha, Hashkatha, um, and followed by that. Afterwards, we'll have one-on-one meetings, and we have a whole list of guys. If you, if you were not on the list, or you'd like to meet, you still can. Uh, Milo uh, will be will be sitting here and, and ensuring that everyone gets an opportunity if you'd like to speak to Rosh Hashiva. Uh, okay, without further ado, maybe we can start with some. Uh, Anyone got a question they got to start off with? Um, there are a couple of questions that I know uh, already people were interested in. Maybe we can start uh, and then we'll open the floor. Sure. Okay, thank you. So one, one question a lot on people's minds is um, is, <coughs> is finding their place in, in Hashkafa within the Torah world. Um, especially many guys come from modern Orthodox backgrounds and they come here to Israel and they see really a whole variety of yeshivas and different friends in different places. And maybe something the Rashiva can, can can tell the guys a little bit about how to find their own place in Ashkafa in the of Hashem and uh, and uh, a little bit about the spectrum that exists. Yeah. So first of all, it's it is very nice. I have deep roots. Like I was a Rebbe when Asia Torah was still in the old place. I don't know if they made a museum out of it or not, but whatever it was, <laughs> um, I don't. You know, it's it, it's certainly museum worthy. Um, we also had the privilege of having boys from here, and especially as Epstein, who has become like the heart of the yeshiva, and he got married just the beginning of this year. We were, my wife was a shatchan actually, and Baruch Hashem, he settled and he's learning the kolal. It's really amazing. So Baruch Hashem, it speaks volumes about the products that the yeshiva puts out. I guess when we speak about the spectrum of where a person belongs and so on. What's an important consideration is, yes, a person is learning in yeshiva, a person is beginning to become serious about his Yiddishkeit, so he wants to seriously find his place in a community. A person needs to ask himself not what's the easiest form to get away with, but rather what's the form <coughs> where my growth will be natural to me, and innate to me. I want to explain what I mean. A person can take a look at Reb Chaim Kinevsky and say he seems to be the most accomplished Talmud Chacham Yisrael. That will be exactly what I'll imitate. I don't think it's a great idea. I think most people will flop terribly because <coughs> his person is not who you are and it's probably not who you can be. I might be mistaken, but I would venture a guess. On the other hand, if I say, listen, Technically, these people are doing what it says in Koruch. Technically, they probably get Ganadin. So I guess it makes for an easy life, and I'll do that. That's not really good. I, I want to tell over something that happened here, actually. When I was a Rebbe here, there was a very fine fellow um, who came f- um, from a conservative background. I didn't know that, but he was a quiet fellow, quite knowledgeable. And he learned very well, very nicely. But it kind of disappeared, Shabbosim. I didn't know much. I had some contact with him. But later I became very close with him. And one day he told me that he knew about Yiddishkeit a lot. He grew up conservative. And he um, understood a lot. And he wanted to come and learn how to learn. He didn't want to become very, very observant. But he wanted to... So he would come to Yeshiva... And come Shabbos, he would go away to relatives of his 
who called themselves modern Orthodox, and spent Shabbos there. They were very worried about him, that he would become too strong. So they kept telling him that he shouldn't be so fanatical, he shouldn't be so fanatical, he shouldn't be so fanatical. And it started getting on his nerves. And one Shabbos, as he was about to leave, they told him, you know, David, whatever it says in Shacharach, B'di'evet, is what you should do l'chatchila. <laughs> Choose to be the Ebed path in life. And something clicked, and he turned around and he said, fellas, if you really don't want to do it, why the heck are you doing it? And he never went back to them. In other words, he had the option of not observing anything. He, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't feel encumbered by guilt. Where I come from, it's suggestions. They're not uh, obligations. But if you really believe in it, then do it well. In other words, if I believe that this is me, and this is the purpose of life, and this is who I am, and this is realizing myself, I should choose the path that will bring out the best me. Now, you, it can be, you, you can do it in a way, like I said before, Abraham Konevsky, where it's not me. I, I'm fooling myself to think it's me. But in, the, in a path that's natural for me, there are paths that make sense for me, that this is where I can grow and I can find myself. So what you're looking for is a, a path that's sort of the common denominator is people that are sincerely looking for growth in a Kaddish Baruch Hu, um, something that because of who I am and my personality, I can fit into it and I can grow into it. That's what you're looking, that's what you're looking for in the big picture. Yeah. If you want to follow up, you can do that. Whatever, whatever you. Uh, yes. Um, would it be fair to say uh, that certain psukim were were added later by maybe Yoshua or Sheikh Nasser Agadola? So the Rambam has one of the ikarim that the Torah itself um, is all comes from Sinai, which is you know, and he brings the rife the pasuk in Korach. The um, now, let's leave that alone for a moment. Unless, let's take three steps back. Unless we have some clear absolutes, Torah means nothing. In other words, if I'm free to say that Torah has additions, and I'm free to say that, um, that uh, you know, it's not binding on me, then basically everyone's got their problem. You got a problem with a Pasuk that indicates Yeshua wrote it. I got a problem with Lo Signov. I think that must be put in later by Goyim. Clear, no Jew would ever put in a Pasuk that he can't steal because, you know, that, who, who doesn't cut a corner to? So, so, you know, everyone's got their favorite Pasuk to... to, to, to. So, so we've got to have absolutes, no matter what. So the Ram Shita is very strong. There are, there is one or two Rishonim, Davin Ezra, who seems to indicate that three or four psukim were added later, but um, it's it's very clear, you know, Davin Ezra's point is, the Pusik itself is stating that. For instance, let, if I can give an analogy to that Davin Ezra, if, you, let's say, um, you come across in a book, and it says on the bottom, and, and it's, it says, let's say it says, a recopy of the original XYZ. And on the bottom, there's a footnote that says, I, the editor, wish to state that this, this was not clear in the original and we fold it in. So that's, that statement is obviously later. So the Ebenezer feels that three or four psukim that are saying that it's later. Ebenezer is not a widely accepted cheetah. The Ramam cheetah is the more accepted cheetah. But, but anything other than that, Let's leave the kafir part alone a minute. Then basically, Torah is a shambles, and and that's why if there are no absolutes and there are no places and no dead end walls where you can't budge, then, then everything's a game. And that's why. So the Rambam sheet is the widely accepted sheet that's subscribed to as Yigim Ikrim. That's the consensus. There are one or two Rishonim that have made exceptions. Psukim that the pasuk itself seems to be saying this is put in. That's that's the way I can I can put it down.
Yes. Which psukim uh, would those be? So there's the Dvarim. There's a famous, uh, you, you go Google the internet, up courses, you'll find it all. It's, it's, it's you know, <laughs> you know it, 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 I, I don't need to, to but it is the psukim that, that it's almost as if the Pasuk is saying, and the Knaini was not present at the time. Why would that be inserted? Why was it so important? I think Devanezra, but but it isn't Devanezra, and it, it it it's you know it is what it is. That's I'm you know it, it's a shita, but but it, it's psukim that seem as if the pasuk seems to be saying that it's almost as if the pasuk is, is is saying this is a comment about the pasuk. It's strange, but that's it. now what's fascinating is Torah was one of the pioneers in the codes in Torah, and those codes don't work if you play with the Torah. Which which really raises the question: If you if you switch, if you play a little bit of a game, then it ceases working. Um, I haven't, I, I don't run all the numbers. I don't I don't sit with it. But I, they've shown that if you take the Shomron Torah, which is two percent off or something, they they have the numbers. I I I, I just remember reading it. I haven't, uh, which again makes for extremely fascinating evidence about the integrity of Torah. But um, it also the care with which the Gemara goes through about how careful they were to make sure the manuscripts were intact. There's, 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 I mean, right now, all the Torahs we have dating back to who knows when contain nothing but, you know, the type of errors you have an extra vav, a left vav. On all the Sefer Torahs in the world today of, of texts, there is a nine letter differences, and those letters are meaningless in terms of, of, of meaning. The vavs, yud, hey, the, the biggest one is patsuot, daka with hey, and aleph, they both mean the same. That's the biggest discrepancy. Chabad, sefer are different that way. Again, it's a question, halacha, which, 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 uh, which is the accepted one? The Gemara says, we're not booking chaseros and yaseros, but those are all not relevant to pshat, and you see the extraordinary fidelity we had with pshat. With, 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 I'm sorry, with the words. To say that someone tampered willingly is, is a stretch, no mention of it. it. It's very difficult to understand, but I do want to lay it on the table. There is an evidence like that, and, and uh, we need to put it in a certain place. Yes? Um, when making decisions, to what extent should, if any, emotions and feelings be taken into account? What kind of decision? Life decisions about just making choices, blah, blah. For instance, uh, like the first question about community to live in and, uh, and taking into account just emotional convulsions and especially coming from the past, like having certain emotional ties to the past, to what extent can the way you feel about something, like, does that play into, I mean, you need to think so, okay, so, so it's, it's a very good question and it's a very important life question. I'm, I'm, it's interesting. It's, a, it's an unusual question and I think it's a very important question. Let me give a case where I think it's most relevant. And I think it's it's bozel um, One expects that one's descriptions of one's wife will not sound dry intellectual. Well, she checks off 33 out of 35 boxes, so I think this makes a lot of sense. I, I would hope the relationship is much deeper than that. <coughs> On the other hand, an infatuation or um, a very emotional high is usually a, a warning signal and usually doesn't make for a very good marriage either. What you want ideally is something that makes sense and heart and neshama fills that box. So the first criteria for deciding on an appropriate shidduch or community living or, or yeshiva learning is seichel. Does it make sense? If the answer is yes, now the question is, do I have feelings? Do I have cheshik? Sometimes there are things you must do even without cheshik. A person, there are things you must do. And, and, but many of the things, like we described, like a shidduch, if I can muster up, even after all the thinking about it, I still don't feel like it. You, you can't do certain things when it's just a checklist. You, you have to have a heart to shaman it. So seichel lays the framework, and the shama and the uh, feelings provide the, the content of that framework. Yeah? Rambam says that um, mitzvot are complete unless you're doing them in the land of Israel. Should that be taken literally? Ramban. Ramban. Yeah. yeah. Should that be taken um, literally? And um, if so, um, 
should, should we prepare life in Israel? So we have to ask ourselves, what about all the people who were not the Rabban? And, you know, at the end of the day, and the Rabban himself lived in Spain and told, told he basically ran away. The king decided that he would, that they, that he would engage in, in, a, in a debate, and debates in those days didn't end well if you won, didn't end well if you lost. So it was a lose-lose proposition. Rabban did the end of his life. Kusari came to the end of his life. Um, it, it, we have to separate between halachic to meta-halacha and um, uh, uh, Kabbalah in terms of the, the deep, just like it'll, it'll says in the Zohar, if you don't learn Zohar, you don't do this or that, or other the other thing, come on from the Zohar, we don't tell people to learn Zohar. We look at it and understand it as a spiritual dimension. The language used, in other words, the Ramban is not saying a person is obligated to Mitzvah Chutzaretz, a person gets charging Mitzvah Chutzaretz, a person accomplishes great ruchnistic things in, in Chutzaretz. The Vilna Goyen lived in Chutzaretz, the Vishal Vashem lived in Chutzaretz, the Baltanian lived in Chutzaretz, the Rim lived in Chutzaretz. You know, just go down the line, Chabetz Chaim, they all wanted to come to Israel, but, but it wasn't the first point of the agenda. The, um, th- there's a world of mitzvahs for present Chutzaretz. The Ramban says, Everything snaps into place in Yisrael, it's where you realize all the Ruchnistic dimensions of it. So, is it true about Yisrael today as well? Not that clear in Ramban, but whatever it is, we need to separate um, things that are basic, halacha, from things that are extra dimensions. So Ramban is, is an extra dimension, and a person has, should map out many other issues that are more practical. Where can I be the best year I can be? It, it includes Parnassah, it includes the environment, it includes the type of person I'm married, it includes a lot of other shikulim. And, and that should be the first basis. If a person is zochot to live in Yisrael, if a person is able to make things happen in Yisrael, that's wonderful. But if a person is a he has a full life and, and full meaning and accomplishment there. What does the rub mean by halacha? Things that go on, like for instance, um, uh, uh, we'll call it Kabbalah, um, call it Pnimis Torah. They're not; they are true, but not binding. I would call it. So all the things that it says in the Zohar and the things that people do alpi Kabbalah and Hasidus, then they they are ruchnistic accomplishments, but they're not binding accomplishments. That's why I, w- I would I would uh, uh, phrase it. The way physics and metaphysics, physics is the is the this clear ex- existence, and this is something that sort of hovers on top of it. It's the same idea. It, what the Zohar says exists in halacha, but it's not halacha itself. Yes? Hasidus has become a lot more popular in our communion. What does the Rashi think in terms of that? If we should be learning Hasidus, if all of us should be learning Hasidus more, or some of us will still be more connected to more classic Muslim stuff from, or should we be both? One of one of the th- things that Hashkacha has brought about is the coming together of different communities of Israel. Um, you know, I remember seeing the first Spider Jew in my life. My father grew up a little, never saw Chassidish Jew until until the DP camps. People lived very far apart and were of different worlds. Today, Hakadosh Baruch has brought us together. In Israel, in New York, in wherever you have it, 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 it people are together and they're mushma from each other. I believe there's a reason for that Ashkacha. But a person <coughs> needs to um, be clear about what is his Iker approach and what is enhancement of it. In other words, a person who's a little bit of everything is it usually doesn't add up to much. It's kind of a strange assortment of stuff. Um, somebody once gave a marshal. I still remember as a young boy, there would be, food was a thing, and there would be these schnurrers would come to Kiddushim, and they would go from Kiddush to Kiddush and stuff their packets with stuff. That was an accepted uh, occupation, I guess. I don't know what to call it. And what? Practice. Practice, practice. So somebody said, you know, 
Would you call what this gentleman has in his packets a smorgasbord? A smorgasbord is a wide variety of foods. Yes, so there's a wide variety of foods. But it's got no rhyme or reason to it. It just stuffed his packet wherever he get his hands on. When a person lays out a smorgasbord, it's got rhyme and reason to it. So, so sometimes you see a person where there's no sense of rhyme or reason to what he's doing. And, and then it's lacking in, in a certain derech. Whereas a person who is, his is my derech, but it's, it's enhanced with this. It's enhanced with this. That's beautiful. That, I think, is part of Ashkach, has brought us together. So, so a person needs to find what is this ikadech, this fits me the best. And if, I'm, if I get something from this safer, I guess, something from that safer, I guess, something from a tish occasionally, then matovu manoy. Why yeah. can't that be a derech? The derech is that Judaism is exciting, doing what excites me, what makes me happy. I take a little bit from everything. But, but it, it has, a derech means it's a road to someplace. In other words... It's keeping you interested. So keeping you happy and interested is not a road. A road means I'm going from where I am and becoming something else. And that's a very key piece. I mean, keeping myself happy is is not usually what happens is it's not leading me someplace because there will be pieces whatever derek you choose there are tough pieces and a person needs to say okay a derek tavos hashem includes tough patches of road and something that makes this the road that keeps pulling me towards getting higher when a person starts taking things that are comfortable and he manages to patch up the different comforts. I remember when I was in yeshiva, there was a, a yeshiva joke, maybe not most, not the best, but somebody would say, I am like this cuddle, this cuddle, this cuddle, and this cuddle together. I say, wow. And they say, yes. They would pick flaws of each person and say, I have this flaw, and this flaw, and this flaw, and this flaw. <laughs> so obviously, it's not, not the type of thing, I guess, certainly not to pick people with flaws and certainly not that, but the idea is, you know, if I say, I, 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 you know, I want to daven late like this type of chassid, and I want to drink like that type of chassid, and I, and I, and, and I want to go to the mikvah like this type of misnagit, and I want to do, you know, th- then a person is happy and comfortable, but, but it's not really going anywhere. Every, every derech has, um, a, a, you know, where a person has to toughen. So f- picking a derech is appropriate. The pieces add up to something, but many elements of Avodos Hashem can enhance the derech. So that's what I'm saying. A person whose main thrust of thought or learning is derech A, but he likes this type of art, that type of art, and he, and he adds it judiciously, then it enhances. If not, there's something about it, just just not a, a it's kind of a jack of all trades and master of none type of thing. Uh, can the Rashid speak about, um, a little bit about uh, like realistic um, attainment in Tamil Torah for, for a working Ben So it depends a lot on how much you're able to do now. The, the, the better your skill level and the more knowledge you have, it's so much easier. Once you're busy with a lot of other things, you have a real job, you have family support, communal obligations, the Mnuchas Anefesh to learn in a way that you could actually move forward is difficult. If a person gains a strong basis of skills now, and he gains a fair amount, every mesech that you learn now, well, hazing it later. If a person is able to finish all of Mishnah as well, so that when he's learning it the next time round, he's hazing, but he knows, he, under- he knows the basics and he has it, it's a different world. It's so much easier. And, and you really feel, so even if you, even if you have a lot of things going on, but if you can hazard over and know it, or a mesechta. So, so I think the best, getting these years down, what you need to get down, is, is going to be so helpful for the rest of your lives. Because the type of work you put in now is not that realistic as time moves on. So, so I, I can't think of anything more helpful than the, than the basis you put in now. Yes? How does a buffer like find that enjoyable, not just only looking to the future, but also finding it as uh, like a big geschmack on every day, not only a uh, geschmack for the future? 
So for most people, really knowing something well, achieving, taking a Gemara Sugya and going through it a few times until you feel you could lecture to me about it. What are you learning? What Mitzvah are you learning? El Mitzvah. So, so if someone were to ask you, explain to me what the issue is, when it happens, under what circumstances you take it. And you're able to present it because you put the Gemaras together you, you, and, and you can expand it to, and, and you can present it in a way that's together intelligent, means you know something and, and that's, when people have a complete sense of something well, that's a very, that people feel very good about that and then you can do it with another sugar simonim and, and, and you know something with a simon where is it found, what constitutes a real simon, is it a Torah din, is it, is it a Bonitikidin something kind of, coming out of encyclopedia that type of thing You'll find, if you're able to put something like that together, write it up, you'll find that a tremendous achievement that you'll be proud of and, and very tied to it. And, I, and, the, and you have more and more of those. Then you have, it, it, you have wealth. It's the enjoyment of wealth, of having things. It's hard for me to believe that Kaj who created, like, 90% pediatric people, and I, you know, it's 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 like it doesn't reflect well on a Kaddish Baruch Hu that 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 you know of all the shvatim, so only Shevet Levi, which was a small Shevet, is supposed to be cooler over the Hashem. Everyone else is supposed to be doing their things, and three times a year go to your shrine. Hard for me to believe that Kaddish Baruch Hu created so much pediatric. So, so I, I can't, I can't imagine that the word "beyevet" could apply to someone. Because Rambam did. Because Rambam made the world. This darko shalot It means the majority of the world is supposed to be a balabas. It's, 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 it's not easy. It's challenging. Everything's challenging. But the word "beyevet" can in no way apply to anything like that. Besides a Gemara Seder, what's the most important Seder to have every day when we leave Yeshiva? I know every day, but a Musa Seder in the sense, a Sefer that speaks to your Neshama and inspires, because that's constantly being tested. And, you know, it's something that you need to be able to keep sparking that again and again. So every day may not work, depending on your job, depending on your personality. But at least once a week to be able to sit down with a sefer that talks to you, and it's it's the, the hardest question I ever get is what sefer should I learn and what's the sefer? Because it really I, I would say sit down with a few sfarim and if you're serious, I'm sure by now you have a sense of which sfarim tend to speak to you, and that's something that you, because that's that will always provide the stimulus for doing everything else. Famous story from Rishon Salanta, someone asked him if he has a half hour should he learn Musa Alacha. He said, Musa, because if you learn a fair Musa, you realize you have another half hour for halacha. But, but the, the, the point is, it, 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 um, stimulating yourself is, is the key. Um, there's a common idea that, that we are machaya by our, by our cycle to do things that make sense. Like, it's our natural inclination, to, like of common sense, and that it, that it applies where like, there's no Mephorsh halacha. Where would we say that applies to Lech Lamaisa and are being over and a better if we do something that's, that goes against our, our common sense? I just think, what do you mean, where would it apply Lamaisa? Like, like, does this idea apply, like, Lech Lamaisa, that you're supposed, to, you're supposed to obligate, you're supposed to go according to what you believe is common sense? So, does Rabbeinu Bechaya, very powerful Rabbeinu Bechaya, like Stom and Amora, he asks, why was the punishment so severe? They weren't given mitzvahs. They weren't told to give tzedakah. It's tzedakah is not one of them. And he said, and he writes, that it is innately human to care for someone who is starving, especially a kinsman. And if you don't have it, you're missing something a human being is missing. Um, and that's why they were condemned. They basically were not humans. A person who can see somebody starving, and I have to do wherewithal to give him, I just let him starve. That something's missing very deep inside. It's lacking. Um, the the uh, the Gemara says many times, "Lomli cross varahu 
That's it's in the context of halacha, but it's still there. So anything that the, and and so Rabbi Rukhai says something which the seichel is mechay of a person. That's something that's binding on a person. The 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 exception would be where Kadosh Baruch Mefurish overrides it, Amalek, uh, putting somebody to death in Mises Besen. The Torah said yes, you're not inclined to do it, but I'm telling you your seichel is wrong in this one. But if not, then then these are these are things that Kadosh Baruch put into us for a reason, and the reason is because it, it's right, it's emes. So again, one has to ask himself: Is there a halacha in this area or not? If there's a halacha, then the halacha is overriding it. But if there if there is no halacha, and I can't see a particular negia, knows the two things that could override seichel. One is if I have negias and I have an interest over here. So, um, so I can't trust myself. No less of a person than Shimshon Tzadik, a Gibor Tzadik. He said, "Ki Yeshari he beinai." He said about Dalishi, "I, you know, I like her." Um, he had an agia. That's that's what the the Nabi tells us, and that's why his seichel is off. Um, or when the Torah comes along, tells Avram to shech the son. Seichel said, "Impossible." Kach said. No, that's right. So those are your two big areas. If you if there are no negias in a certain Indian and there's no halacha, then then usually and you're a good person, you're a good person, then that that will tend to be the the right thing. Um, one of the one of the uh, new open um, issues uh, contemporarily is uh, mental health. Uh, many people struggling with. Anxiety, depression, addiction, um, and Baruch Hashem, many people seek treatment and 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 get help. Sometimes um, the the guidance, the treatment that uh, professionals um, offer is sometimes in uh, in opposition to halacha, uh, whether it's Sefer Shabbos or or other areas. Um, generally, when, when it comes to refuah, you know, we put a lot of trust in doctors, but mental health it becomes much more gray, much more difficult to navigate. Could you speak on that, uh, that, that challenge? So, so you, def- you need to have Rabbanim who have a sense of mental health. And so, for instance, let, let's take an issue as a halal. When you ask people about fasting in your kippah, and you tell them to ask a doctor, if the doctor is not from, it's no skin off his back to say don't fast. It's a win-win situation. He won't be able to get sued. He's, you know, always telling you to eat. He doesn't really think fasting is all that important. He thinks it's nice, but you know, it's you definitely. It's not no reason in the world to fast if you're not comfortable um, fasting. So, trusting his opinion is not is not because his opinion is based on something like that. Um, if if a mental health professional will tell you um, it's pikuach nefesh, this person is suicidal then Shabbos, you have to drive the person down to a hospital, 100%. But if a person says keeping Shabbos is difficult for this person, will lead him to depression, will lead him to suicide, that's a very, very murky road. You want to know, really, like, what are the chances? How much does this person really care about Shabbos? A, a professional can tell you facts. Mental health, unfortunately, is much more vague on facts. That's the mitzvah of it. It's, it's always a statistic. A, a physical bi- biology tends to be more rigid. If you do a blood test and you have a lot of sugar in your blood, you have a lot of sugar in your blood. There's no two ways about it. Um, you, you know, mental health is evaluations. A competent post who understands mental health, the language, the, 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 the dynamics of it, is vital for making decisions like that. Yes, there's sometimes people, or God forbid, suicidal, or something like that, where it's very imminent, something which is much longer down the road, something which is much more vague. It needs somebody who understands it and has the play and has the shoulders to make such decisions. When, when, like, when someone has an issue, like a hypothetical, like, like someone like struggling way up in the mornings, when should a person go to therapy, and when should they use muscle? Um. It, it depends 
how deep it is. If the person can't get up in the mornings, period, therapy is the right place. If a person can get up for davening in the morning, Musa is the place. Is the problem because just doesn't care enough about davening? Which again, you know, it's natural. But but the person can make it happen if there's an exciting game or something like that. Then it's an issue of placing the right emphasis value on it. If a person can't get anything, a person who's, who's depressed has no cheshik for anything, um, then then therapy is needed. So you really have to evaluate: Is it because it's the difficult road for ruchnius? Which is difficult for everyone, and it's and it's yes, it, it it it's 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 a struggle, but then learning Musa means giving it the right chashivas, building up in your mind the value of it is the right approach. If the problem is in general, then you know you have to um, it, it, then you have to it, it, it look for for help. What's the role of the I once doctor? had the yeshiva. There was a boy that came wants to, I have myself, the other Rebbe, very happy. And he said, Baruch Hashem, Rebbe, I missed my flight this morning. I said, what does that mean? He said, well, you know, I, I always miss the happening, and Rebbe always tells me, if you had a flight, would you miss it or not? <laughs> so he said, I just missed my flight because I couldn't get up in time, so I'm excused. You know, I've, I've got to, so I, I couldn't argue. I, he, 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 you know, he, he went up me, yeah. What's the role of a gadata? And how are we supposed to benefit from it when a lot of the texts are just extremely uh, cryptic? Because a gadata is written in beautiful language. It's it's something that it's like the difference lahavdal between poetry and prose. Prose, if you want to know how to fix a force and the sing, you don't want a poem. You you want like very clear instructions. When you want to express feelings and get a sense of something, poetry can do it much better. Chazal spoke in halacha when we needed to know specific areas and we could pin down. But we want to express like this. So yes, it's cryptic because a lot of times it draws on Kabbalah. A lot of times it draws on other areas. But when when you're able to decipher it, there's an extraordinary depth. And again, I don't know what Bajega, to me the morale is the safer that opens up Agarita. And, and it has incredible depth to it. And, and it, and it helps you connect to it. So Chazal wrote cryptically, sometimes more, sometimes less. Um, you do need help in deciphering it. But when deciphered, the language is the most appropriate language fit. It's just like you have a hard time expressing feelings in prose. Yeah, the guy, he was very nice to me, and I think I feel the same way about him. That statement is a, is, might be a true statement. But um, it, it evokes nothing of emotion in you. When a person is able to present it in lyric, in, in some other form, it, it really it really describes it much more, um, much more exact, much more precise than those words would. Um, sometimes the Talmud will will um, reach a point where he realizes that, that he needs to stay longer in Shiva, whether it's Shana Bet or Shana Kimmel. And sometimes not every parent necessarily sees it the same way. Well, she provides some aids on how to navigate that challenge. So it is one of the challenges of succeeding in yeshiva. <laughs> um, I, I would say a few pointers. First of all, people, parents will be more inclined to believe you that you're sincere about growing a ruchnius if other areas of your life show great improvement, if your relationship to them, your interaction with them, your language to them, your concern, things of that nature, people will say, you know, I may disagree on this point, but you become a different person, you've matured, you become a better person. If you can present yourself as responsible, instead of saying, I want to say another essay, I've, I've sort of reformulated what I'd like to do this is this this is the plan, and and so on. It'll take a lot of hard work from my part, but this is what I really have my heart in Shema. You need to show responsibility. They think about it, and even if there's strong disagreement, halachically, you 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 may be able to do what you think is right, but you can never ever be abusive, abrasive, disrespect your parents, and learning to be able to sometimes absorb more severe um, words 
and and staying your course and not responding again is what the obligation is. It's hard, it's big emotional stress and so on. But understanding at least some of the things that will help make that interaction a lot more, a lot easier, a lot more productive, Mr. Chef. Agree. Uh, spoke about how to get a geschmack in learning. Um, is there a way that a person can get, get a geschmack in tefillah? It's interesting that that's a challenge of our generation. Um, the Gemara says, it says that one of the, one of the qualities of a good bal tefillah is that it has a house full of kids and no parnasa. Um, and it says, because Nafsha Gumalov, and Rashi says, because tefillah comes natural to him, it's very easy when things are difficult to, to you know, when your kids are starving and the Goyim are making a pogrom and, and the Tsar is about to impose the, the 19th tax on the Jews, tefillah comes easy and natural. When Baruch Hashem, we're living in a world today where. Um, Things are so much more comfortable, it means to feel is much harder. But it, it's also, it also allows for an opportunity to daven for the right reasons, not because of the person's comfort, because of a deep ruchni stirring. My feeling is a kumsis atmosphere, a serious kumsis atmosphere, where you sing <coughs> things of tefillah, tehillah, whatever, and you're able to evoke emotions when it comes to words. So then it helps us stir it and fill up. If a person sings Leif Tar Broler Lekim and, and he realizes how much he wants to have a pure heart, and then in, in Slach Lanavinu and, and, you know, and, and uh, Ritzay and all these places, you're able to evoke a similar emotion. When you have moments of really deep emotional experiences, and then you're able to sort of evoke it when you're davening, that might be helpful. Thank you. Um, what would Rosh Hashiva recommend for, for someone who finds it hard to get up for davening? So, again, it's hard to do what, when. In many other areas, personal simple reward, like if there's something you particularly like and you save it for the days that you get up for davening on time, um, you know, going to sleep early does help a bit. You know, if, if you go and sleep late, it's going to be very hard to get up. But evoking that, or if you really feel that this is the point of, this is the most important part, to make it the focal point of everything you're doing. In other words, a person can summon all this effort for X, Y, or Z. Um, if a person feels this is the crucial piece of the puzzle, then this week the only thing I work on is getting on time diving. If I do it, I've made it. If, if a person sort of and reflects on being able to muster that to make it in time for davening means I've made it. It gives a person a lot of strength. A person can, it's like um, karate, the way in which people are able to break a board with their hands is um, you, a person exudes a lot of energy, whatever he does. The reason it's not very effective is because it's dissipated. So when my entire hand lands on this, it has some impact. When I'm able to get the entire impact focused on one point in my hand, that's extraordinary. It's one of the reasons why a rubber bumper dissipates the impact, and it's, and it's helpful in, in safety. A person does many things. We're davening, we're learning, we're helping people, we're, we're, we're this, we're that. But if a person would, to, if, if it is a case with getting out for davening, you have one breakthrough that you really need to make, and you focus all your energy mentally and emotionally, this has to be done, and so on. You can do it. The question is, again, the question is prioritizing what you're going to do, and, and, and so on. Yeah. Um, how, how do we find like the correct balance of taking on new things versus like the pace of taking on new things versus having a balance? And like new things that you should be doing or new things that's like the Fnimish Rosa did? Are you talking about things that you really are obligated to, but you, but but you haven't been doing it, or you're talking about things they are not obligated to, but it's nicer to do, or whatever it is. So there's a big difference. Things they are obligated to have a certain priority. Person, you know, if if, if I'm doing something that's clearly in Avera or clearly not doing a mitzvah, I need to move a little quicker on that. Again, a person has to know himself because if you're going to turn over the boat, it's not it's not it's not worth it. Um, but if a person is able to 
so those things, things that are lifnimishosadin, so to speak, they're not clear obligations or prohibitions, but you would like to do it, you have to feel how ready you are. And, and there's one other factor that is worth to consider. A person fits into a society. So if let's say, for whatever reason, I'm part of a Hasidic society. I decided to be part of it this way I am. I need to rather quickly fit in where a long kapata, a garital, a streimel, I need to fit in. So it's not, you know, it, it, those are things that are, even though halachically they're only or if, but at the end of the day, whatever it's Sibra does, so if most people are learning at least eight hours a day, then I need to, I, I need to make an effort for that because things that make me part of it, Sibra, are, are, are a very critical piece of the puzzle. So what I'm obligated is the most critical. What the Tzibur does, and this is the Tzibur I identify with, is second. And things that are nice, the Nimshosadin and, and extra, a person should wait until he's holding by that. Um, there are certain spars in the Gemara that are based on like observations about human behavior in psychology, like Talmud of Tandu, or, or say right. that a person won't go back. A person won't go back for this much grain because it's a terrifying. Right. So what's like, what's like our, what should be our approach to, to that, that those type of spars in the Gemara? Like, what, what, what were the Amaran saying when they say those type of spars? So sometimes you find in halacha that the Gemara will say that chazaka no longer exists. For instance, about Arias, if, if the parrots, then the, the, for instance, there's no yichud between zcharim, uh, there's no isi between zcharim, but if somebody's parrots, and if today you consider parrots, it starts becoming a problem. On the other hand, Talmud is very interesting. There was a Rav who wanted to be matter many years ago, 60s maybe, maybe early 70s or in the 60s, he wanted to be matter certain schias and get by tying that Talmud Tandu doesn't help today. It doesn't apply today because it was true in the old days when women didn't earn any money and they were always dependent on a husband. So it's best to have even a your husband but be supported. Today where women have careers, they earn money and so on and so forth, then it doesn't apply. Rav Soloveitchik spoke, even though it was a Talmud of his, spoke very sharply about it. And it said, Tavla Mesa Tandu is based on a Pasik, which is Ve'elav Chukasech. And he said, all the realities in the world and all the winds will not change that. It's an inherent nature that's that's been put into the world. And therefore that chazak is based on something much deeper. So there are chazakas where Moshe will have different places that these chazakas were an observation about what was true at the time. But if we feel today that chazak doesn't apply, chazak that, that might be something that can be said will apply then. If not, it's built on some human nature, and then it becomes universal. Not always easy to tell which is which. Yeah. Oh. Um, for a lot of us, is, we're changing a lot in terms of following halacha and all these different things. How do we form a hashkafa? How does one form? A, is there a formula for a hashkafa? Do we follow a rabbi's hashkafa? And especially, let's say, someone who wants to make an Israel. So then. It can be sometimes like the Tilami, the Sarri, and everything is kind of like me. How does one form their own? Is there any objective roles, or is it just emotion? So, once again, you you need, in terms of Ashkafa, you need to fit into some Tzibur. You, you, you don't have to buy into every point of it, but you need to buy into the core principles. And everything else, for instance, let's let's take something uh, very I, I, far from what I guess what you what you're thinking. Let's say somebody decides that Hasidus is something that fits his personality. This is his Derech Hashem, which means he becomes part of a Hasidus. He becomes Hasid X, Hasid Y. He wears the lavush. He 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 learns in the yeshiva. He davens the davening and so on. Does he have to, let's say, but the one thing is he doesn't really believe does all those miracles were done by the, the rabbis. It's not a, if it's not a significant part of that Hasidus, that's fine. He, he, so he can say, I'm comfortable with Hashem, in this particular area not, but it has to be, it has to fit, he, he has to be going in that derech. 
So, so a person needs to find first and foremost what's the tzibur of mevakshe Hashem that sort of fits you. So the big broad stroke hashkafa would automatically almost fall into place because every group, the big picture, the framework for the big picture is formed by a certain das, by a certain perspective. Then um, pieces can fit into place. So you need to be able to make that type of um, approach. And you don't have to, every detail of Ashkafa has to be exactly the same. But the broad strokes have to, you know, for instance, the Haredi world, the Cheshivas of Talmud Torah, the idea that there's, that, that the, the, the Tzibur's big direction is led by big people, by Gdoli Torah, those are things that are part of it. And whether a person has to agree on every little detail, no, Ashkafa by nature is more broad strokes. So it depends a lot what the issues are. First of all, understanding why it's important. People strive for things that are important. Understand what are your distractions. Understand what will make you feel rewarded because of it. I'm not talking about outside rewards. I'm talking about inside. Is it knowing a lot? Is it understanding better? Is it is it teaching? Those are things that you want to consider when when you when you're priming yourself for that. So one is to learn the type of things that help give you a tremendous sense of, wow, this is something I would like. To understand what are the things that might be sharing you in particular. It's helpful if you have a mentor or someone like that who can help you with that. And finally, um, knowing the type of learning that will make you feel, wow, I did this, I did this. Success breeds success. So being identifying correctly, one, one Bacher is feeling success when he asks a kasha and share it, the Rebbe says, wow, that's a good kasha. Another Bacher is when you ask him something and he knows the answer. A third Bacher is when he's able to get up and speak and say things that people listen to. Th- those are all ways in which a person gauges himself how well he's, he's doing. Uh, Maybe like one more, something like that, just because yeah, we're more. going to be yeah. a little, yeah. Uh, the Rose spoke about before, like, what's needed in order to make big life decisions. Like whether, not just to check the score not, what would the Rebbe say to someone who's already made a big decision and some, for some whatever reason, is having like doubts on his, on his mindset after that? Zeklal Godel. Anything that you can change, you have Bechira and you have an obligation to um, think about it. Anything you can't change, you accept as Ashkacha, and your question is now, how do I make the best of what I have? So, so if a person it bought a ticket on a plane, and the plane hasn't taken off yet, and he can change a flight, but it's more expensive, he has to sit down and say to himself, changing it means I get more money, but I might miss this, I might not come in time for this, that. I need to make a decision. If you're on the plane, then you shouldn't make a decision about staying on the plane or jumping out. <laughs> Your decision should be, okay, Hashkach will put me here. Now, um, how do I do the best with what I have? Okay, it's been an amazing uh, afternoon with Eilam, and uh, Baruch Hashem, keep steiging, keep growing, Emetz Hashem.